Hey, Keith here with Dad Venture Disney, all about planning tips for your Disney vacation, whether it's with yourself or with your little kids, just like mine. I've got three kids, six and under, and we have a great time when we go to Disney World. And so I like to share the planning tips and the tricks that I have with you. Uh, we went recently a couple months ago, and I wanted to share with you a little bit about some of the things that caught me by surprise. Um, I planned for this trip like it was a second job. I watched the videos, I read the books, I listened to the podcasts, I talked to the Disney Instagram world. I knew everything there was going to come my way, or so I thought. Even the most prepared of us are going to get surprised in both good and not so great ways. But a Walt Disney World vacation is special. And here are my dad venture dozen tips of the most surprising things that happened to us. Let's go. Starting off, our car broke down. Yeah the night before we were going to the airport. We were catching the earliest flight ever, and if you go to dadventuredisney.com, you can read a whole story about how JetBlue tried to ruin our Disney trip by changing the flight times around, but we had to leave our house by 2 a.m. to make it to the airport on time. The afternoon before we left, a mere 10 hours before, our family SUV decided it didn't feel like working anymore. I rushed it to the mechanic shop looking for a miracle. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. Our car was dead. No one we knew had a vehicle big enough to bring the five of us, three car seats, and all our luggage to the airport, and not that we actually wanted to ask anyone to do that at 2 a.m. Car rental places were closed because it was a Saturday. Uber is crazy expensive for the drive to our airport, and so I booked my last choice. We rode in a stretched limo to the airport. We arrived for our trip in style, you can say. My tip for this, always have a plan B in your back pocket for when it comes to getting to the airport. Have someone on retainer. Have someone talking to you that maybe you can know that you can call at the last minute. But figure out. You never know what's going to happen. Next up, Disney Springs is like brand new. I haven't been in several years. And when we went there, I was amazed. We remember Disney Springs as like walking through a kind of nice outside mall. It was almost an afterthought for us to go to Disney Springs on our most recent trip. And thank goodness we did. It's amazing. It feels like you're in Beverly Hills. The shopping, the clothes, food, the, the walkways, the entertainment, everything that's there. It's absolutely amazing. We were blown away. My tip for this, make sure that, that Disney Springs is on your list to find a way. Make sure you book time to get over there. We did it by accident once, and we're very lucky that we did. Next, Be Our Guest Restaurant is huge. It's enormous. And it runs incredibly smoothly. Now, we didn't get into the Be Our Guest restaurant the first time we were there. And we got caught off guard then about how fast it fills up and how hard it is to get in. We really had no idea. But this time I knew it was a must-have for us to make an advanced dining reservation, especially with the little kids. And we went for lunch, which was amazing. I was floored with how many people they seat in this place. It's enormous. It's like the school cafeteria times a zillion. And no matter where you sit, they're going to come find you and bring you your food. It's insane. Three big full rooms. Every meal gets exactly where it belongs thanks to your GPS magic band. It's amazing how it all works. My tip for this, you got to make an advanced dining reservation the day that you're allowed to make them. Make it for lunch because it is considered a quick service meal and not a two-ticket dinner meal. So that's important. Uh, and take a few minutes to stroll around and see all the three rooms. Don't just sit in the room that you sit in. Go and look at the other rooms while you're there. It's pretty cool. The next thing is that the off-season can be really warm inside the buildings. The attraction wait queues can be steamy. It's like they turn off the air conditioning. We visited in mid-November, 
That's 70 degree days in Florida, 50 degree nights. It's not surprising that the Florida natives feel this is freezing cold, right? But we're not Florida natives. Most folks at Disney World aren't. So while the Florida folks turn off the AC in the buildings and ride queues on these colder, quote unquote, days, those of us from New England, we're sweating. It first hit me waiting in the corridors of the Princess Fairy Tale Hall in Magic Kingdom. Uh, I was standing there, sweating like someone asked me to pass the advanced calculus entrance exam at MIT. I mean, we were swimming every day. Turn on the air conditioning just a little bit in the confined spaces. Won't you, Disney? Come on. My tip, dress in layers, down to some short sleeves all year round. You may need them. Next up, some surprising food. Non-planned food that we found was great. Quick service was fantastic. I wrote a whole story uh, about it, and you can see actually an Ask Dadventure Disney question on our YouTube channel about whether or not we use the Disney dining plan. The quick answer for you on this podcast is no, we don't, because mostly we want to eat what we want to eat when we want to eat, um, and we want to find these little surprises. We had most of our meals and snacks loosely planned out on this trip, but still had times that we just wanted to eat something quick and easy to find. Twice, we were surprised with what we ended up with. Sleepy Hollow Refreshments in Magic Kingdom and Centertown Market in the Caribbean Beach Resort stepped up with some amazing food. Uh, The traditional Cuban sandwich at Centertown was insanely good. I don't know, maybe I was just really tired that night, but it just was insanely good. Um, There's a foot-long corn dog, a spicy chicken and waffle, and the chicken looks like Mickey, and a churro ice cream sandwich at Sleepy Hollow. And all three of those things ended up on a list I did of the best food I ate there. And you need to go find these things. Go to Sleepy Hollow. Enjoy the entire menu. It's fantastic. Don't miss out. My tip for this is get there. Go to the castle. Take a left. Find Sleepy Hollow there in Liberty Square and enjoy every single thing that they have. Number seven, ride solo. The single rider line, it's fantastic. Um, After the kiddos and the wife went to sleep on our first night in the parks, I headed off myself on the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios because I had to see Galaxy's Edge. Even though I had been up since the limo took us at 2 o'clock in the morning to the airport, it didn't matter. I still needed to see the Millennium Falcon myself. Standing there in front of me was the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, and I was going to ride it. I didn't want to wait in the 50-minute queue. No, no. There's a single rider line. And I rode it five times in a couple hours thanks to the single rider line. My tip, find the rides that have single rider, find a way to make it happen, and enjoy them all on your own. Number six, Ralph wrecked me. Our morning in Epcot, we were crossing off more character autographs. Uh, We went to our princess breakfast at Akershus Royal Banquet Hall. We went over to Imageworks right after that, home of the Figment ride. We took the ride on the Figment. It was great. And then we got to meet Wreck-It Ralph and Vanellope. My daughter loves Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. It's crazy. And was psyched to add them to our list. We jumped in the short queue. It was really short to meet them. And as we turned the last turn in the maze of little waiting ribbons that you have to do, they both turned back into the internet tunnel. Both Ralph and Vanellope left the little meeting area and went down the tunnel. We were told Vanellope will be right back, which she was pretty much immediately, but Ralph didn't make the trip back with her. So we saw Ralph, but we didn't meet Ralph. Future tip for this, ask the cast members when specific characters are more likely than not to be in their meet areas. They're going to tell you through. Number five surprised me was that rides are surprisingly wet. 
even inside. You, you expect to go a little wet on Pirates of the Caribbean, much more so on Splash Mountain, and you, you're going to get soaked on the Cali River Rapids. But I didn't expect to get absolutely drenched on Aladdin's flying carpets or in the Voyage of the Little Mermaid stage show, which is inside. I mean, I knew the camels at Aladdin's spit. I remember that, especially on the crowds walking by. I didn't know I'd get a full head-on hosing while on that ride. And as far as Ariel goes, it rained in the movie, so it rained on stage, and it rained on the audience. Soaked! Soaked! They can't turn on the AC and the ride queues because it's chilly out, but I can go ahead and get a shower from a camel? Come on. My tip, check the seat of your ride or show for drops of water before you sit down. Then you know it's going to come. Number four, the people mover is scary. Seriously. When we planned out what rides the kids wanted to go on, we took into consideration speed, water, volume, fright, all that kind of things. And one of the rides that seemed a safe no-brainer to me was the Tomorrowland People Mover. It's like this slow, ever-moving ride around Tomorrowland. And I remember it just being this great, relaxing little ride. It goes through Space Mountain at one point. But this part is dark. The People Mover as it drives through is dark. And I mean like pitch black. We weren't ready for that. My kids were squeezing my hands. My wife was a little shaken. I was confused and I was a bit shaken too. I did not remember this total black part of this ride. What tip would I give you? Tell your kids that this is going to happen. Tell them that there's going to be a little dark part that you're going to ride through, but you can hold my hand and everything's going to be okay. Number three, your fast pass can get locked. So we had the, I had the fast pass system unlocked. I studied everything about this. I knew every trick I was going to use. I knew how to, when I'm, once I've used my third fast pass that was pre-made to immediately jump on and book the next one so I could jump over there and make it work. And as we got in line for our third fast pass of the day, I was getting ready to go. We were in queue for the Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid, and I was trying to find the next fast pass to book, but only three people kept popping up on my screen, not the four of us that are eligible for fast pass. My middle daughter wasn't eligible, and I couldn't figure it out. Turns out when we went through with our magic bands to enter the Little Mermaid ride, hers didn't register as she walked through. So it was still active. It was like she had an active fast pass that hadn't been used yet. So we had to get off the ride. I go all the way back to the beginning with her, boop her magic band in front of the stand, and then turn around and walk the other way. It was pretty cool because the cast member couldn't figure out why I just booped in for a fast pass and then turn around and went the other way. We made it to the many adventures of Winnie Pooh, and we got on there right. So my first planning tip for this going forward, watch those swirling green circles on the fast pass stations and make sure that yours gets booped so you don't get killed trying to wait for it. Number two thing that surprised me, Toy Story Land is tight. Tight. I knew Toy Story Land would be busy. I knew Pandora and Animal Kingdom would be busy. I didn't know how small the walkways in Toy Story Land would be or how little shade there would be at either of those parts. Lots of standing around and big clumps of humanity in the blazing sun. Pandora was a little bit easier to walk around, but Toy Story Land was tight, man. Everyone there had strollers. Everyone is trying to figure out what they're going to do, and no ride is the kind of thing that you can just immediately get on. Every ride has a crazy long ride, a line. So I'm not sure how they can expand those standing areas or shade them, but something has to be done. My future planning tip for you, do either of these parts in the evening or the very early morning to avoid that hot sun and the big crowds. And the number one thing that surprised me is that I was surprised to learn before I got there that there was a thing called a breakfast bus. I was more surprised to learn that when I got there, there was no such thing as the breakfast bus. We had an 8 a.m. breakfast reservation at the Royal Banquet Hall. We dined with Ariel, Sleeping Beauty, Belle, Snow White, Cinderella. 
but Epcot didn't open till nine. Buses in the Skyliner don't start running until one hour before the park opening, so that means my 8 a.m. breakfast reservations starts before the bus and the monorail do. Before I left home, I checked with a cast member chat on Walt Disney World's website, worried that I wasn't going to get to my breakfast, and um, I got a nice response back saying that, yes, there's this thing called a breakfast bus. Just get to your resort, ask the people at your resort what time the breakfast bus comes that drops people off at their early morning advanced dining reservations for breakfast, and you'll be all set. Not so much. When I checked into the Caribbean beach and wanted to confirm what time the breakfast bus left, they all kind of stared at me like I had 15 heads. They told me there's no such thing. The cast member left, double-checked with the main concierge who confirmed, no, it doesn't exist. What? Like, I showed them the chat that I had because I had put it on Instagram. I was so excited about this breakfast bus thing. I showed them the post. I showed them the chat window that I had saved a picture of, and they said, I'm so sorry, that doesn't exist. But they did what Disney does, and they made it right. They gave me a voucher for Amir's taxi service, along with three car seats, this big taxi van pulled up, and it got it to Epcot in plenty of time. We were actually the first people there in the entire park, which was really, really cool to be a part of, to see how the park is, like, empty, and everyone's still cleaning, and security's getting everything all set. We were the only people standing there. I was really surprised that that kind of feel to it still was magical, and I liked it. As I was heading out at 7.30 to meet that taxi, I did see the Skyliners moving and the buses picking people up. So maybe they run early, but the cast members didn't want to guarantee that and have me miss my reservation. I don't know. All I know is that I ended up in a taxi, and thanks to the Disney people, I made it to my breakfast in plenty of time. So my future planning tip for you, plan some extra cash and some time for a minivan or a taxi or Uber to get to a breakfast reservation if you have one before the parks open. Or if you're doing Bippity Boppity Boutique or any of those things that happen before the parks actually open, make sure you have a little bit of extra cash because you're going to need to either pay for it or tip people um, and, and do it that way. So those are the things that really surprised me on our trip. And I'm curious what kind of things surprise you. Last trip that you were there, what kind of things caught you off guard? What kind of things made you say, what? I didn't think that. I didn't even think about that. Because they happen. And there's a lot more. These are just the 12 that popped into my head when I decided to write this down. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really, really appreciate it. I hope that you hit the comments. I hope you subscribe and like. And wherever you're listening to this podcast, I hope you go check us out, dadventuredisney.com, for stories that we have and tips that we have, more videos, more podcasts. Find us on social media, at dadventuredisney. We are in uh, YouTube. You can find our YouTube channel. Just search for Dad Venture Disney and you'll find our YouTube videos. We are produced as a part of Mind of Modern Man. Our technical producer is Jay. Our theme song is called Adventure is Out There, and that is by John Gus Music. Thank you to all our patrons who help us out, and thank you to the people who always support us, and thank you for Walt for ever having this idea in the first place. Thank you again for listening, and remember, Dad Venture is out there. So long. Thank you.